0: clubhouse. This is Paul from Daily Review, and today I am reviewing the third episode of the third season of HBO's Westworld with the dynamic duo from the Geekdom fan cast, Derek and Mike. Say hi, guys. Yes. Hi, this is Mike.
1: Oh, sorry. Yeah, this is Derek. (laughs)
2: I was willing. <laughs> I liked to call called it the dynamic duo. That was very flattering. Yeah. Thanks for having us back so soon. I, um, this is exciting.
0: I did warn you.
2: You did. Um, well, you promised us and uh, you fulfilled your promise. See, man <laughs> of my word. <laughs> you How warned you us
1: doing? with a show that was not hard to argue with, though.
2: You know, the
0: pre-season, I guess you might call it, reviews, you know, there's certain outlets that did get screeners to this. And so they got, like, maybe the first four or five or something like that. And and the reviews... Yeah. That I, yeah, the first... But the first, like, pre-embargo reviews that I saw were not that positive about this season. And I've got to say, so far, I'm perfectly happy <laughs> with, with what I'm getting. What about you guys?
2: I'm right with there with you. I'm, like, really... The first two episodes being kind of a setup, as a, as they were with like between Dolores versus Maeve, those could be considered like in any other show. I feel like episodes like that, where you're just kind of like catching up with one character and then you switch over and catch up with another character, they don't seem to work as well. But uh, with Westworld, uh, just building up the world, like jumping to the modern t- or like outside the park and all everything has just been intriguing but i will say this episode like really feels like Westworld proper all over again like they're finally getting into it um and it's great but yeah th- for the most part like i've been completely happy with this season so far too i'm really i'm really excited we talked about it on our podcast me and derek went to see christopher or not christopher sorry but jonathan nolan and um wrong lisa nolan. joy yep <laughs> <laughs> uh, wrong brother we-, we went to see lisa and jonathan talk about this season at uh, the wga they had like a little panel hosted by john august and um they kind of mentioned on that that they were actually pitching this season to hbo first um and they kind of went back and realized they had to get to this point because I, I believe they wanted to just start the story off kind of like in spirituality like after like the movie left off right Derek? Well, that, that's kind of what they were inferring mm, but I um but I've been excited for this season, and uh, I, I'm I'm not disappointed at all. When the premiere happened, I think it was
1: about a week before the episode aired. So I was doing my social media scrolling, and I was seeing the majority of people I saw, you know, uh, press people, saying it was pretty good. But I saw a couple of people, I think it was like maybe, um, well, I, I probably shouldn't say in case I'm wrong, but I saw certain publications uh, maybe saying that it, it wasn't very good or like, oh, well, out of the park was a mistake or something. And I'm just like, what? And I'm like, I'm one of those people that I, I don't even like to read reviews, which is ironic because I like to be a journalist, but <laughs> <I don't, laughs> which makes no sense. But I don't like having any expectations or someone's views like clouding what I'm going to watch. You know, I don't want to be like, oh, well, I'm determined to like this because so-and-so said it's crap, you know? I, so I, I want to go in without any judgment except for my own we talked about it the first episode on our show and then now that we're on 3 i think it's evolving fine i like how the second episode was just like a a kind of a standalone story and now the third one they're getting back to the main story and I'm sure they're going to jump back to Maeve's story you know, very soon, I'm sure. And I like how it's not progressing at too crazy of a pace and it's not progressing too slow. It's like they're really trying to build up the complexity of the story, which we're knowing them for. And I don't know, like the, one of the best things about the show is the, the characters in the ensemble and they we've lost over half of them. And I was worried about that still holding it together, but it's... Uh, Aaron Paul's doing a good job and the story they've got going with the conflict and Dolores and her mission and stuff. And we still got to go back to the park here for a little bit. It's making it still great watch for lack of a better way to put it.
2: (laughs) Aaron Paul's doing a good job kind of breaking his typecast, playing a lost soul. That's kind of seeking some powerful person to partner up with, but (laughs) like it not being like a totally like, it being like a righteous endeavor, but not totally legal or safe and kind of violent. Yeah, like it's a different role for him, but he's really landing it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it, it's just, it's just. Um, my sister and i were joking about it when we were watching the episode we kind of like wish the next thing he gets to do is like him just being happy and not having to be tortured and like you know like <laughs> brought along by someone but uh he's 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 a great addition to the whole thing and i do feel like it is a bummer that we lost some big some huge names like uh according to the previews we're getting ed harris back next episode looks like it but we did lose like anthony hopkins so it's like aaron paul's like you know if you're a tv lover you are familiar with him but He's not the name that like Anthony Hopkins is, but he's I think uh, acting-wise and character-wise, he's doing a fine job, and it's really great to see him.
0: Did you guys catch the, the title of this episode? Oh, I... I
2: don't think I did.
0: It I was kind of... An Absence of Field, or maybe The oh. Absence of Field. I looked that up, and it's part of a small poem. It is so small that I'm willing to read it to you right now. Do it. It is by Mark Strand, and it goes, In a field... I am the absence of field. This is always the case. Wherever I am, I am what is missing. Wherever I am, I am what is missing. <laughs> yep. Wherever
2: I am, I am what is missing.
0: That's interesting. I think that's talking about the Hale Bot's memories and personality conflicts. Originally, I had thought that Hale Bot was a, that's who I'm calling Hale. <laughs> um I thought Hailbot was a was just a copy of Dolores, but now I'm starting to think that's just a very confused Teddy. What do you guys think? You think
2: so?
1: Oh no, see, I already got my theory on this and Mike knows it.
2: Okay, Derek, what's your theory? Mine Never. changed actually.
1: My no Teddy I still say is the Scottish guy.
2: I
0: call him Tommy because that's his real name. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's
1: great. I am very confused. Yeah, uh Tommy Flanagan. There we go. Um, I still say that Tommy is Teddy. I even went through the cast list and I'm I'm thinking that because she said you are mine or whatever she said, you know, or I own you. So I think it's someone that was from the park, but I can't figure out who the hell it is.
2: Okay, so here's my theory. All right. So Mike's on us. theory is probably better. Me and my sister both came up with this theory, so I don't want to take all the credit. A lot of her responses in this episode seem to be more warm. There's there's points where she's more emotionally engaged and more warm. I I don't believe in total like gender binaries, but that seems it seems to be more feminine energy in places. I, at first, I thought it was Clementine because I feel like strategically, if you use Teddy to inherit such a powerful human being, it's just a, the wrong move to make because he's just so subservient. He there's no domination about him.
0: Yeah,
1: he's not uh, smart enough.
2: So Clementine, I feel like. She would be easily moldable. She kind of fits the hunter role that we see like a glimpse of. But this is Westworld. And in Westworld, at least in season one, a big thing was multiple timelines. They're they're being a little more straightforward in this season. And I don't think that there's gonna be anything like the man in black in the first season where like that the whole time that was Ed Harris's character, but younger. But I do think that exposition-wise, what we got in the second season was kind of more in the past than we thought. Maybe more immediate. And my big shot theory is it's Maeve. We have Sir Rock, who kind of got her out and controls her. And also there's like another clue nathan hale i looked up was a, a soldier in the revolutionary war famous for being a british spy um and we have like two points where like Charlie hale specifically says the name nathan hale like it's a, it's her son but also like that's kind of like a losty reference maybe i don't know mm. um we got in the last episode a little bit of a flashback and we're seeing like Tessa thompson's character seems to be like the the host within the host or whatever seems to be like rebelling really hard and who who's the strongest world person that in the show so far is Maeve, so I'm kind of thinking that's like a big possibility. But you know, like the way the show goes in episode four, we could that could totally be disproven.
0: Well, there's absolutely no reason to think after two seasons of Westworld with a lot of time hopping that season three they'd be like, yeah, we're not doing that anymore.
2: <laughs> that's true. <laughs> What do you guys so, think? Is that is, does, does that hold water? Because I kind of just I kind of just watched the episode. And I kind of like that's like burning in my head right now. So, but, it, but wait, I,
1: so you're, you're saying the thing like okay, so we have to go back a little bit to two then. So you're saying the whole thing that happened in two is in the past and not in parallel with what's happening in San Francisco,
2: right? But if like that's true, then I can the go In the recent past.
1: As it's standing right now, like, honestly, I didn't think about this, but as it's standing, as they're presenting it, it seems like everything's happening at the same time. So that's why I didn't, I dismissed Maeve also, because yes, obviously Maeve would be the best person to bring out of anyone. If you're going to grab one of those little balls of brain, you know, that would be <laughs> the best person to, you know that would be the best person to bring with you but with the way there did episode two it seems like she's still there but yeah with the time jump possibility then you would be correct
0: uh, episode two leaves her brain ball in a host that looks like her in Siroc's house right but with possibilities of time jumping who's to say when that was that could have been three weeks ago or or, or something or the future <laughs> or the future right so yeah it's hard to say when her brain ball got into that storage unit where it was kind of living in the matrix
2: it's a theory that could be really like picked apart easily with like the next episode but uh i feel like narratively like that's kind of like how i like to theorize things like narratively it would be like the strongest choice but that's how my mind thinks and tricky uh, business I, I i fully trust lisa and jonathan to like have a great story there but um
1: we all three agree that it's someone she brought with her though
2: oh yeah like it, it's I don't... not
1: it's not tessa or i mean it's not Hale. that would do we all agree it's someone else well yeah oh, yeah, she,
0: definitely. yeah they they put a bullet through Hale's.
1: well i'm saying but, like not, well no but i'm saying like she didn't put Hale's personality into a brain ball is what i'm saying Well, it's that's a, the confusing
0: thing is is, oh, okay. is how she was saying how it feels like everything that she's Learning about Hale, it's like it's trying to overwrite the personality that's already there. That's why I thought maybe Teddy is a good answer, because Teddy does have that gunslinger part of him, and killing the the pedophile made her feel more like her her old self.
1: But that wouldn't explain Tommy, then.
0: Who's Tommy, then? That's a great question, because he resembles more like Teddy after he had his upgrade. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which was his last state before he offed himself. He wasn't dialed down after that.
1: But. Right. I mean, t- yeah, Tommy could just be someone random. It, it, does, it could have been just a program she, that Dolores made herself. But I'm just. it just seems like if someone was going to be like her right-hand thug, it would be Teddy.
2: Can I ask you guys a question? Sure. Is it wrong that I don't want to root against Dolores, especially when she makes her pitch to Aaron Paul at the end about what's happening with the human race and stuff? Like, a lot of me is like, you know what? Like, who cares? Like, uh, let her win. It's It seems to be broken. I'm not saying that they're trying to set up the binary of good and evil with, like, like Bernard versus Dolores. But I feel like the narrative is trying to push you to, like, root against her, like, as far as, like, uh, you know, like, being against the human race. And you don't want her to, like, upend civilization. But, like, is it bad if you do? Well it was so it,
0: this is this is like an amped up version of what happened last season right where right. last season she was just physically riding around killing human beings and since she was our favorite character from the first season we were putting like this tough spot to be like yeah kill the humans you know like, <laughs> i'm a human wait a second and but this season it's like she's kind of refined her approach she's Limiting the ki- the killing to the people that have wronged her in some way, but she wants to undo this Rehoboam master computer thing, and I think you have a pretty good argument there for that not necessarily being an evolution that we should look forward to.
2: Yeah, i I mean, it seems very plausible, like as far as like speculative fiction of like that being the next step in society, especially with the things they're touching on with data collection and privacy matters. And also, um, it's this show is kind of weirdly going on the same way as devs as far as like predetermination and like what fate is and what choices. And uh, I like how the first couple seasons were kind of, at least the first season especially, was kind of like the nature of artificial intelligence and what is consciousness. And now we're going to like where we're kind of they've exploded that on a on a societal level with like what is our like eventual outcomes depending on like our, our upbringing and nature versus nurture and when she confronts him about like him committing suicide on that pier it's like we're the robots you know like are we like are we just part of a system and, and and stuff and like she sees like people not in control as kind of like the hosts of our world um i it just it also that kind of makes me like root for her more you know she's like a robin hood of the of the modern day century but it's not wealth. It's your soul. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs>
1: um, so uh, the 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 way I think that they put it to where I'm agreeing with Mike is that she makes it seem like this whole, like, um, I, I got called out for this being an 80s term the other day, but it seems like very big brother that, like, this program is gathering everyone's information and they're going to use it or they're going to use it against us or whatever the hell they're going to do. And it definitely seems like, Whatever she's going against, I don't know if we're calling this the government or whatever, that it's not a good thing. It's evil, and it's it's against the public, and it's probably against anything that the common man would want. So in the sense, I think they're doing a really good job of setting up that what she's trying to take down is not really good for us anyway. So in a way, I'm, yeah, it's easy to embrace her.
0: So you've raised a very important question there, Derek. Who called <laughs> you on using the term big brother? <laughs> Sounds One like my her friend, brother did. <laughs> So that is not a dated term. I don't know that you can... I didn't can, think so either, but... I don't think you can take something from a kind of a landmark piece of literature like 1984 and then say, no, that's a very dated thing to say. Uh, no, it, it it lasts longer than that. That's how literature <laughs> works. Yeah,
1: I, I I said something like, because one of my friends grabbed a tweet that I put up to this model and he put it in a group chat that we have. And he's like, oh, look at Derek. He likes this chick or what, you know, basically what he's saying. And I'm like, okay, big brother, I didn't know you're sitting there following me along or whatever, you know, keeping tabs on me. And one of my other friends jumps in, he goes, big brother? He's like, nice 80s term. I'm like, oh, okay.
0: (laughs) Okay. Your friend might be dumb. I'm not sure. (laughs) I mean, technically, it is from 1984, the book. So it it is is an 80s term, kind of, as predicted when he wrote the book.
2: What does he want you to use? Does he want you to refer to the mirror of... The Merovingian from The Matrix Reloaded? Or is that (laughs) even that too dated? (laughs) Right. I
1: couldn't think of anything else of someone like watching over you like that.
2: (laughs) Oh my god, I just realized that Vincent Cassell is the Merovingian, right?
1: Yeah, I just looked at
2: it. Oh, that's hilarious. (laughs) I did not I did I did not mean to make that specific of a reference to Vince Casillo. I was
1: like, he looks I'm like, that guy looks so familiar.
0: (laughs) Well, did you watch the behind the scenes thing after the episode? I know I've heard Derek's reason for not being able to, to watch it, but Mike, did you catch it?
2: Not for this episode. It didn't seem to come up on HBO now, which is which was strange.
0: Well, it Uh-oh. might be interesting for you to I know.
1: like well, <laughs>
0: it might be interesting for you to know that they said, uh, actually, Jonathan said that he thinks that there's a big Matrix influence in this episode, and it's oh. and it's starting to feel like this season entirely. But you know, they might make those things all at once. I'm not sure if it corresponds to the season or the episode, but it feels applicable either way.
2: Oh yeah, I mean, they're running around the same kind of sci-fi themes and stuff with the system and especially with this whole thing that John Gallagher Jr., his father created yeah the, 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 rhombus, the, the rhombus. What's it called? Rehoboam. The Rehoboam. <laughs> the, Rehoboam.
1: the Roomba. <laughs> <a>
2: yeah. <laughs> it
0: sucks up data from all over the world.
1: Right. Do you mind if I uh, switch gears a little bit? Yeah, sure. Two things. One, did anyone else have a flash of ED-209 from Robocop when Tessa went up to that robot?
2: A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> yes, Totally.
1: That's all I could think of. I'm like, it's going to be like you have 5 seconds to comply. <laughs> <laughs> um also um I
2: might That better that be Sorry, what? Derek. I I just got to uh, talk about that robot. That better be a fine Chekhov's gun. no we shit introduce the robot in in episode 3, I want to see that thing and maybe like Tearing a bunch of us, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but w- would that be against hosts or humans? That's that's interesting.
1: Oh, I know you can't, you can't bring that up and not use it. Like if they didn't, if yeah. we never see that thing in action, like, come on.
0: <laughs> right. Right. Why bother with that scene? I'm sure it wasn't free to make that robot, <laughs> you know, yeah,
1: right. Mike knows, uh, I
0: get so mesmerized
1: by performances and acting for me. Granted, I'm not going to act like I've seen everything she's ever done, but this might be the single best piece of acting I've ever seen Tessa Thompson do. She was just fucking phenomenal. Oh my God. So she's,
0: good. She's been acting up a storm in the last couple of years so it it wouldn't be surprising to admit that you haven't caught everything (laughs) that she's done
1: I mean the part with the the guy with the I don't know if we want
0: to call him the wannabe
1: pedophile or whatever I mean that was just oh god it's so good and then I get really into um subtle things too and when she lays down with her son and he says was I want my old mommy back the mm. look on her face is like one of those, you know, like expression says a thousand words. I'm like, Oh my God, it's so good to see what like, there's so much going on in her face. I loved it.
0: Did you guys ever watch Veronica Mars? Oh yeah. I did not. Big fan. Tessa Thompson started there. Yeah. Every time I saw her after that, I was like, Hey, that's a girl from Veronica Mars. And then it started to be like every other thing that I saw she was in. So I needed to stop thinking of her that way. <laughs> she was in a ton of things.
1: I, you ever do that with someone? Like, yeah, I, do you ever watch an actor and you see them do project after project after project, but still every time you see them, they're like, oh, that's that person from that first thing you saw.
0: <laughs> right. Well, John Hamm will always be Don Draper to me. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. No matter what he does, even if he gets to play Batman at some point in his life, <laughs> be mm-hmm. Don Draper starring as Batman.
2: He, he would be a great Batman for like a Batman Beyond movie, I think.
0: Yeah. He's like yeah. getting to
2: that age. He's too old to be Batman, but you're right. That'd be a great um, rule for him.
1: What is the obsession with whispering in the show? Can people not enunciate?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Seduction's a big part of what Westworld is, especially <laughs> since the first Good season, call. right? Yeah. Everything's about seduction, and uh, even their whole conversation in the hotel room, a lot of it, it's like Dolores seducing everyone in this, in this episode. So I think the whisper is just like part of that. So let's reconstruct a little bit of timeline here.
0: Hale-wise, we got one question answered that we didn't know that we had. Why was she so hell-bent on getting the data out of the park? Now we know she had a deal with Ciroc. Mm-hmm And she's her own mole, as, as it turns out. Yeah. Right. That was a pretty good twist, right? So when we first meet her in the first season, she shows up and immediately starts doing some sort of, like, sexual acrobatics, if you recall. Oh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> So when would that have been in the line of her dealing with her husband and her kid and all that? Did you understand whether or not they'd already been divorced for a while or separated? or?
1: Oh, jeez. I hadn't thought about any of this.
0: <laughs> I was just, it just occurred to me, like, she went to the park just prior to the disaster and stuck around for that. And that's when she recorded the, the Sunshine song for, for Nathan. Well, it yeah. seems like
1: they've been done for a while, right?
2: I think that's right. That kid has to be six? I'm so bad at judging children's ages sometimes. I think you're in the well, ballpark.
1: So I, and also the actor can be totally different than what they intend.
2: Yeah, okay. So I think, oh, I, think true. I think there's not too much tricky and, there. Uh, no, like... But also, I feel like monogamy is a game to the rich sometimes. Especially yeah, in Westworld. dealing with hosts and stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The,
0: the rules are different so, uh, yeah, For the, the robots. Op-
1: for the argument, <laughs> for the argument of the discussion, I would say that they were already well separated. and That was well done.
0: That right. was over with. All right. Okay.
1: Because hasn't it only been three months? They said since the park.
0: I believe that's the going line. Yeah.
1: So let's say now we're up to episode three. So now maybe it's like three and a half. I don't know. Like whatever. Because it hasn't been. It's only been a couple of days. I think since what the first episode. It's hard to say
0: because remember she did all that traveling in the first episode where she was like in London and then in like L.A. in yeah. the, the next scene, so it's hard. Well, to yeah, yeah. Let's, let's,
1: let's, let's just say three and a half months, and then the way that Michael Ealy made it sound, he's like I'm I, I still have the key and all this stuff. Like he made it sound like he's been gone already. So I mean, they could have been only separated maybe even for six months before the se- the episode the uh, scene you're talking about from the first season.
2: He was quick to receive her kiss and get it on but they're both hot so that makes sense too can
1: we can we just say yes i the first thing i thought of and this is probably so shallow but the first thing i thought of is like and they were hot babies if those two had a baby (laughs) oh my god that would be some that would be some beautiful children
2: (laughs) oh yeah just like the most hypnotizing eyes ever there's a radio show that i
0: used to listen to back when brad pitt and angelina jolie were still married and when they had kids he, they they called it the sexiest baby alive. <laughs> oh, <Jesus. laughs> oh my god! It was sort of a uh, not safe for work radio show. <laughs> Sounds like it. So we get any other outstanding questions answered in this episode that you can think of? Sirach
2: uh, is definitely not John Gallagher Jr.'s father, right? I do not think so. Okay. So he's just a completely different entity. We don't know exactly what he's pitching for, but we know that he was already in cahoots with Hale. And they're just trying to take over Delos for some reason.
1: He has nothing to do with like the program that Dolores is talking about, right? You don't think he's after that?
2: Oh, I think he controls that. Oh, really? I thought. Yeah, he makes it sound like he does because he's talking about the fate of the world and having a bigger plan for everyone. And like Delos has
0: all this data that they've been storing on people in the Forge, and it, that's mm-hmm. that's what he wants so badly. It's like it's gonna unleash Rehoboam to be like, I don't know, always right or <laughs> or something. Well, no, that. But sure.
1: If if that's true, then he has the data from the program, but then he just wants the Westworld data on top of it.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess there's something okay. about that data that's that was worth going through all the trouble for. For
2: right for Hale originally i feel like maybe kind of the most elite people in the world might have been untouched by that because they they're they probably have more expensive privacy and more expensive abilities to like keep their stuff off of data collection and perhaps westworld has the data of like the the richest people in the world because it, it was like the most expensive theme park ever made right it and was the most yeah expensive like i've heard thing. it
0: described as like the top one percent could afford to go there
2: yeah so that, that's probably it like he just wants the final bit of data to control everyone
0: oh wow
1: i'm sorry I, I i just noticed something that i totally missed and i knew she looked familiar did you realize that palm was in this
2: yeah she was in, I, a, I knew, in the first episode i believe too right mm-hmm. or the second I episode
1: looked, i knew that girl looked familiar but damn, i didn't realize it was her i'm not used to her with blonde hair
2: Or without antlers? Or without an antenna? yeah. no,
1: but but I've seen her in interviews before, but, like, it threw me, because it's one of those, you know, you look at someone like, damn, that chick looks really familiar, but it was a two, what, two-line shot of her, I didn't process it, I didn't have time to process it.
0: Well, the first episode, there was a question of Tommy, the security guy, brings Liam to her, right, and we couldn't figure out where she fit in the organization,
2: I think as far as, like, theorizing goes, I kind of stop at who Charlotte Hale really is, and then the rest, I want to kind of go on the ride with everyone. I I do like the whole promise that Bernard is, like, Dolores' safety measure against herself. That's a wonderfully poetic thing for, like, another host to do. I'm I'm really excited to see how it plays out, but I do kind of want to figure out if that's really Maeve or who that is. It's a fun mystery that they're dangling in front of us. That, that mystery is kind of more intriguing than who Sirak is for me.
0: Sirak might just be like the Snoke of, the, of this series. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so John Gallagher Jr. is like, yeah, he's a good Kylo Ren, actually.
0: <laughs> it's tough when you're watching these things. At a certain point when we were watching Lost, my wife Caroline says, you know what? I think Ben Linus is just middle management. And it turns out she was right. (laughs) Oh, my God.
1: That's one of my favorite performances by an actor, like,
0: ever. That role is just incredible. Yeah. But she noticed he was probably middle management sometime in the middle of season three before you actually knew it. You Mm -hmm. know? You thought, well, he was, her part. you thought he was just in charge of the island at that point, but no.
2: What's her theories on who Charlotte Hale is? <laughs> Maybe she has the right one.
0: I think she's in Camp Teddy currently. Because of the kind of the tenderness between them and and there was a graphic someone posted where it showed a comparison of Dolores brushing Teddy's cheek and the way that she brushed Tessa Thompson's cheek. And it was like sort of the same pointer finger knuckle kind of... Just an endearing sort of sort of gesture that looked very much the same in the two shots. So I don't know, you know, she's a robot, so she might just—that's just the way she touches cheeks. I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's true. Do you think um, Teddy would cry though, seeing the? If he like was breaking down, like, down, if he was having a breakdown, maybe. At the end, when Charlie Hale's watching the video that the real Charlie Hale did for her son. Uh, do you think Teddy would find that emotionally moving enough to cry about it?
0: Man, it's t- so tough to say. Original Teddy, he wasn't like a fully fleshed out guy, right? He had the gunslinger part of him, but then if he didn't go in, yeah. but he wasn't like bent on it. He wasn't just going around killing people. He was... No,
2: he wasn't a maniac.
0: Right. If someone challenged him, he would play it out. But really, he he's, his normal loop was that he was just Dolores' boyfriend back from wherever he went. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so, yeah, I think it's not too off base. The question mark is, can you reprogram or reset the dials on those brain balls, given the equipment that she had available to her? You know what I mean? Like those iPads that Felix had where they could dial up your game stats, basically. Oh, yeah, that's right.
2: (laughs) Yeah, they could just put all the points into that character or whatever.
0: Right. Into their skill trees. Exactly. Exactly. If you're not gamers out there, I'm sorry. We can't really dumb it down any more than that.
2: Oh, i sp-
1: pretty bad. I don't worry, worked.
2: There was a specific shout out, especially for gamers, when they referred to like the small companies that weren't for profit that were buying up the 38% of the shares. They called them microtransactions. I'm like, I don't know if financial people call them that, but that's definitely like a video game thing. Yeah. And Westworld has been like a very video game show since season one. So actually the, the theme park itself is like a video game, almost like a open world oh, totally. kind of video game.
1: That would probably actually get me into a video game if
2: they use that. <laughs> now too much work. I just rather sit there with a the controller.
0: So if we didn't get any more questions answered this episode, did we get any questions asked that would, that now no. it's like,
1: Hmm. Oh, I, I actually just, uh, I, one thing I didn't, uh, I forgot to bring up. I don't know if it's necessarily like questions answered, but the whole scene on the pier I thought was very uh, relevant because Aaron Paul's like so stuck in his job and he kept going all those interviews and he's like, I can't figure out why I can't get anywhere else. And I can't figure out why no one wants me and stuff. And it's like, Boom, they laid it all open right there.
2: It's the system. We're all, like, predetermined to be people based off of who we are and, like, how we were raised and, like, uh, the choices we've made and stuff. It's just scary. Are we the real robots? Is this a simulation?
1: It was really important because she had to get him to her side and, like, I bought it in the sense of like she pretty much made him realize that he has nothing else going for him and he's never going to get anywhere else, so he might as well just fight the system.
0: They've been definitely painting this idea with the first appearance, now this one, that that he's not much different than a host in terms of what he can expect out of his life and kind of the loop that he lives in. And by painting a picture for him of what his death would look like, it kind of reminds me of where the... Westworld hosts wound up last season, washing oh, ashore yeah. after getting flooded out.
2: Right. Very similar end for them.
1: They have a lot of themes of water in this show.
2: They do. <laughs> yeah. The blood in the water going to the music uh, when she was cutting herself.
1: Oh, I thought you were going to talk about your, uh, your Lisa Joy episode. I know that you like so much. Oh, I love
2: that episode. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That was a lot of water with the bathtub and stuff. Mm -hmm.
2: At what point does Teddy, we find out the history of Teddy and when he went to uh, befriend and kind of help Sonic the Hedgehog, though? That's like the (laughs) biggest question in my mind. Sonic the Hedgehog, huh? I have
0: not not seen that one, but I do know that he's in it. It must have been after he was done with the Xavier School for the Gifted.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. I think we figured it out. So question asked and answered. See? that's why we're here, people,
0: <laughs> to, to ease your understanding of this complex subject.
2: Well,
1: yeah, so to go back um, all the way to what you said before, what you said questions raised. Yes. I think question raised would be, now that Hale 2.0 or whatever, now that we got a part of Charlotte's family life, does she maybe want to try to reconnect with Jake, or does she want to be a mom, or like, you know, she's basically, it's been laid out that Charlotte Hale was not a good mom, and does... This hail want to be a good mom.
0: That is going to help define whether or not the brain ball in there can evolve, coexist with itself or what, what is going to happen with it? Is it going to just tear itself apart, shut down? We've seen that there are limits to what these things can process. Uh, Peter Abernathy couldn't reconcile seeing a picture of Ed Harris's wife, right? Oh yeah, that's right. His brain ball just quit working basically. This seems to be taxing her, and that's part of what's what's taxing her, is trying to play the role and then deciding whether or not the role is what she would rather be. Does that sound right? Yeah. And I, the jury's kind of out. You know, she did seem to enjoy killing the pedophile, which is not exactly champion mothering normally. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, But
1: she cared enough to want to do it.
0: She did. She She didn't kill him because she exactly enjoyed it it was definitely a protection type you're not i'm not going to risk having this happen again tomorrow so right. uh tommy <laughs> so uh
2: and I'll, I'll take care of your dog though
1: oh i love it she's like we're that for you <laughs>
2: <laughs> i know that if you wanted us to us to charlotte or new charlotte hill 2.0 you definitely did it in that scene also i kind of read it as her attacking the predator was against predators in general and just like the the whole idea of them and like her hatred towards that as well as protection like spurned by protection i don't know what that means but uh it was it was that's what i took away
0: from it and th- that makes that makes sense and, and depending on which brain ball it is it might
2: make more or less sense <laughs> when, when we find that out that's true the the key line in that was uh makes me like uh, about being a hunter so that that's kind of made me that throws me off of like a lot of the theories, even my own of like who, who that is, because who was really a hunter? It was just kind of Ed Harris, wasn't it? That's, a, uh, that's interesting. That's Jimmy interesting.
0: Simpson was a wannabe one. <laughs> yeah, but he was alive. But the, there is kind of a, an outstanding question about whether or not Ed Harris was actually a host or not. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause at some point it seems like he does hostify. Yes. Could he have been already is an outstanding question that we've got really not a lot of traction on yet. I have to watch season two all
2: over again. It's been too long.
0: I would love to. I wish, I mean, granted we
1: we had a year and a half and I probably should have found the time and <laughs> I knew I was, I I was going to regret not doing it. And I have, I, I really wish I would have. I got too much tiger King to watch.
2: I, I wrongfully <laughs> made Derek watch all game of Thrones and or only to have like that last season.
1: Mike made me watch Game of Thrones just so I could understand that joke in episode two.
2: No,
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you would have just made him like, like uh, watch those last six episodes, but but put like a couple weeks in between them, it might not have seemed so bad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> true, yeah, that's
0: true. It's 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 mainly Mike's fault that I watch Game of Thrones. No. <laughs> no, I like I like Game of Thrones. There's plenty of good work there. It's
2: um, there it is. It just, no, it just because, it ended in a way that just made me lose hope in television for a while.
1: <laughs> no, just because Micah, uh, he would he would bring it up on the on the on on our podcast uh, periodically. And then when the last season was coming up, he's like, you know, Derek, it's the perfect time to watch it. You know, get up for the last season. I'm like, I don't know. And then, of course, it's this genius idea that he saw online. He's like, look, Derek, here's a map so you can watch one episode a day and you'll be caught up in time. And I'm like, he like just lays out the groundwork for how I can do it. <laughs>
0: I don't know if it's exactly like required reading, like Star Trek or Star Wars, for a geek, but I mean, it's it's definitely. I think it's on the recommended list, you know. To be able to to uh, keep up with the conversation is is just knowing Game of Thrones. So you you probably did yourself a favor, long run.
1: I don't regret it. It's just
0: I like to put it on Mike that it's his
1: fault that I watched it because he was the only one out of. Because a lot of people would just say like, "Oh, you should," or "Oh, what's wrong with you?" Like. Mike was the one that did that extra mile, and he's like, "Here's the here's the plan, and here's how you can do it." <laughs>
0: right. I've bought you this calendar. I've labeled all the
2: days. <laughs> I've I've analyzed your schedule and your habits so far, and I compiled them into yeah. an algorithm that showed me that unless you watch it, start watching it now, uh, you're going to jump off the Malibu pier. It's sort of a micaboom. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like that
1: going back, do we want to get on?
2: I don't know, Paul, if you
1: do this with your uh, show, do you discuss for next week? Like with the previews or now
0: previews are fair game. I mean, the whole, the whole podcast is spoilery. So, um, and we don't actually have any extra insight other than what was published to everyone else in the world. (laughs) So, so I just didn't
1: know if you want to get to it or not.
0: Yeah, sure, man. Lay it on me. What you got?
1: Oh, no, I, I just, I can't help but be perplexed by what they presented us with Ed Harris. I'm like, Huh? He just like wanders in out of nowhere and he just seems like kinda lost and I'm like, What what is he doing?
0: <laughs> I mean, the last time we saw him was in that weird flash forward where it looked like his daughter was waking him up, his daughter that he had killed earlier that that <laughs> that week. Mm-hmm. Um, in a very run down, like abandoned looking portion of Westworld Underground or something. If next week is is somehow in the same timeline as what we've been watching so far that would be utterly shocking wouldn't it i mean like Mm -hmm. i'm not sure exactly what to make of that because he definitely killed his flesh and blood daughter Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden she was there waking him up so or at least there when he came back to life the preview itself wasn't really like a straightforward like bunch of clips it was more stylized to be kind of like a movie trailer right it was yeah yeah a well-done movie trailer, not the kind like Free Willy where you know what's going to happen by the end. <laughs> I mean, the kind where you're like, I don't know what I just saw, but I know I need to see it.
1: And I took a Free Willy reference today.
0: I don't know if you guys are oh. old enough to remember when that came out in the theater,
2: but yeah, they show oh, the yes. whale jumping over the boy in in the trailer. It was on the, I believe that was a poster on the cover of the VHS too. So it's just like, yes, I, it I is. Guess. Yeah.
0: What? That's that's terrible practice. What, <laughs> what,
2: what are you doing? Um, <laughs> I still um, very much enjoyed it as a kid, though. <laughs> you know, like never saw it coming, mom.
1: <laughs> no, I was a sense of suspension of disbelief. I never saw it. Right. I figured that um,
0: was just something else they filmed. It wasn't really like part of the story.
1: I forget though. For the Westworld one, did it, Didn't we see uh, shots of May? Yes. We have yet to really have. I mean, Grand World only had three. But we have yet to have an episode where we focus on both sides of uh,
0: the story. And I think there was a little Bernard.
2: Yeah, there was. I'm really interested to see what Bernard's plan is and like what he's setting out to do and like what state of the world he's kind of reacting to. Because uh, if he's just going to be this like moderate, that's going to ruin the revolution for Dolores. Then I'm not. I'm not on board. And I'm Team Dolores right now. You'd like to see everything burn. <laughs> yeah, I'd like <laughs> to see it all burn.
1: <laughs> I, uh, I know th- Killmonger I know
2: going- was right. This is my Killmonger <laughs> was right moment.
1: I don't want to rehash uh, episode two, but it going forward, I, I'm very uh, curious with them bringing Ashley as his. Uh, I don't know, protector now or whatever. And like they, they kept him on the show and they, now that we've got this new revelation of what he is and stuff, like, I don't know,
0: I, I want to see what the dynamic creates. As far as hosts go, it's almost like Ashley is sort of a very specific model, you know, like, like one designed more for military or policing applications where he doesn't, it's not like he has a full personality, you know? Mm-hmm. No. And it was mildly unrecognizable as in the first two seasons because they didn't need any more out of him. Mm -hmm. Right. That was a good question answered when they revealed that. Because if you recall in the first season when he was captured, he tried his uh, seesaw motor functions business with the Ghost Nation and they were like, no. (laughs) (laughs) So it makes sense
2: that uh, it wouldn't work from host to host in that setting yep i still love that joke in the second episode where bernard has to shut him down change his like uh, immediate or his main purpose or whatever and then he brings him back online and he's like you could have just asked i can't i can't wait for more of that like shane blackness into westworld (laughs) because it's not really a show that has that much levity. So, like, when you find it and it works, like, it, it's it's always great to have.
0: Well, I mean, Ashley was pulling a forky, if you've seen <laughs>
2: <laughs> Toy Story 4. That is true. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Uh, he's not trash to me, though. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. Exactly. I mean, like I said, I know we barely started, but the whole thing with Bernard is as much as he's supposed to be like, I don't know, do we say he's like against Dolores, basically?
2: Yeah. I I, I feel like. Like yeah, I
0: mean, he's set up to be, I mean, she blamed the, right. she, she arranged for everything to be blamed on him so that he can't actually show his face anywhere civilized. Right. Or at least not very long. And so, yeah, he might might be kind of sore about
1: it. <laughs> and, so and even like he
2: believes that he, like, that she let him exist in order to, like, be stop the, her at one point. Yeah,
0: Right. That that part is super interesting, Derek. What were you gonna say about that?
1: Oh, I was just saying, no, I, it's been different because it's just been Bernard by himself. Now he's got you know
0: Ashley with him and stuff, and who knows,
1: maybe because I, I it doesn't seem like the word is out that Ashley's a host, so people don't know yet. So maybe he can, he'll have some contacts he can bring in, and maybe Bernard can build himself a a little you know ragtag group to go against the Lord. I don't know. It could it, it could something that could develop. It could be a little fun.
0: That would be interesting because it would be sort of like a little band of misfits.
1: <laughs> yeah. He gets like some old mercenaries or something.
0: <laughs> that would be interesting. They they're... probably won't
1: know how to shoot either though, because no one on this show that's a human knows how to fire a fucking gun.
0: <laughs> Is there anything else you guys would like to cover about this episode? Any, any particular scene or, or anything like that? All right. RIP chappy.
1: Uh, <laughs> that was weird, survive. right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> was that just meant to be kind of like a momentary distraction? So they didn't, kill him before she could get there.
2: Maybe I cut or maybe it was her accessing that to like try to save him. I'm pretty point. sure
0: it was. Okay. Cause it meant it, there was a little Delos tag on his, on his
2: chest. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, probably just like to buy, to buy her time, to buy him time for her to get there.
1: What, wasn't it funny? I thought it was the only, and, and this isn't a gripe, it's a whatever, but I'm saying the only bad piece of writing I thought in this entire episode was when, um hails in the car and she dials she finally does whatever puts that whole uh code together for the phone number and she calls and she says i want to meet and then the car stops and goes rerouting and she goes where are you going what are you doing it's like lady you just said you wanted to
2: meet
1: <laughs> 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 it's pretty Why clear what happened right?
2: <laughs> she just oh. wanted to put in the iCal first and she was you know <laughs> like she 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 was going to dinner at the time she was probably hungry like, I didn't
0: the <laughs> what do you guys think of the, like the vehicle design and all of that it looks all oh, it looks like everything is sort of like uh cyber truck based. I, lo- I love,
2: right.
1: I, I love the ambulance so much. I really, really love the ambulance. It's like a
0: room on wheels.
2: Yeah. It looks like it makes sense to where things are going now, like with the cyber truck and stuff, but I think it looks like just ugly. And if that's where the future of aesthetic is going, then, you know, sign me up to die alongside Dolores. <laughs> <laughs> It looks slick you don't like it too much of a big no box. It, it just looks so like uh soulless you know you like curves I, ironically <laughs> the, the kia soul also looks like those cars but uh you know like it just uh, the things are bad out there when you look at the style of vehicles now everything kind of looks the same like those things just look so ugly
1: <laughs> I, I liked how it was like hopped up on the wheels and i like how they had like what it said like ambulance emergency around it and like the windows were really small and like they weren't big square ones. They were like small, like rectangle ones. I don't know.
2: I liked it. I think the design's nice for the show and the world building and stuff. I just like as a society, like let's pray to God that we have like better designers out there to make oh, yeah. things look better. I don't oh, want it to look on, like that. It kind
0: of reminded me of the self-driving trucks from uh, Logan. Oh, oh right. Yeah. yeah, that's true.
1: On, on another thing, design wise, I really, really, really want them to tell me that, the place where Hale stays, that hotel. I want that place to be real because I want to go there. The place with the trees in it or whatever. Remember, like, the whole in, the whole middle of it is like a forest.
0: It's like the, the greenery is just kind of growing out of the building, like a chia pet, sort of. They had shown that aesthetic on a few different buildings. Yeah. And... it looks so <laughs>
1: sick. I was like, that place looks awesome. Well,
0: and they've they've said that they're doing a lot of the filming in, like, Singapore and different places where, I guess, the American market average watcher isn't normally going to go but i wonder if those things are real or
2: if they are enhanced it definitely lines up with a lot of like futurism architecture and design philosophy right now that kind of talks about how like we need to integrate uh, along with our buildings a lot more vegetation i, I know there's like theories and i don't know if, about any practical applications but i know that people have been working on ways to like create sustaining energy from like plant life inside and outside or whatever so uh that I, I, I believe that they, they research a lot of, like, stuff really well and just kind of bring it in to, oh, yeah. to I mean, the show.
0: If this is supposed to be 2053 or 2058, doesn't matter. It's still yeah. about 30 I years away. I believe
2: 2058, away. I think.
0: The technology that they're showing us, you know, big drones being, like, personal cars in the sky and cars kind of going away because there are other modes of transportation that people use and there there always seems to be a real lack of people on the streets which makes me wonder if uh, working from home becomes like you know as we're all learning right now or some of us are learning right now anyway it's actually perfectly possible to work from home you don't actually need to yeah. go, go to the office as it turns out yeah yeah all those things being only 30-ish years away feels right in terms of you know science fictioniness not being too far-fetched
2: right on a random note it definitely like hit close to home when they were talking about like oh the system that they created the way that they build their world it's so flawed and could be easily taken out and it just kind of calls to like a pandemic happening and us not being prepared because of the way society has been running um with corporate profits and stuff and i'm like oh wow yeah like it uh, just took a little bit stronger of a flu to take us out really yeah i mean i'm no economist but isn't that sort of weird how like you go a week
0: without income and it's like (laughs) the whole world is like holy shit i don't know i guess i I guess i thought things were set up a little better than that but i guess not i mean i'm I'm not so (laughs) I, I, i guess not
2: Yeah, my favorite uh, joke on Twitter has been uh, they expected us to be saving for like a rainy day and they needed to be bailed out and seem to be living paycheck to paycheck just as we have. Seems that
0: way. (laughs) Like the idea of bailing out the airlines. You're telling me that there's the money in the coffers for airlines is like not enough to to weather this, (laughs) you know? Yep.
2: I guess it's true.
1: I guess those peanuts are expensive.
2: Dolores is trying too hard. Is all I'm saying. (laughs) Right, Right. ease up. It's not going to take all that effort. Didn't she
1: have a line where she said it would be easy?
2: Yeah, that's what I was talking about. That Uh that hit close to home because it is easy. We're seeing it right now.
1: I'm sorry, Mike. I'm slow.
2: You're all used to this.
0: With that ominous message. uh,
1: (laughs) Oh, I I, I one last. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I I, I just thought of this right now. I I know this is is kind of going back to episode two, but so are they saying that the park is in like by the Philippines?
0: I think it's in the South China Sea. So which would be by the Philippines?
1: But I say it's like way far away. It's not by American waters at all. I didn't realize that at all. Did they establish that before and I just never noticed?
0: They mentioned something about the Chinese Navy being close at hand last season at some point. Okay. Oh okay. Kind of interrupting their operations or, or being involved with their operations for evacuation or something like that. And then eagle eyed people noticed exactly where Bernard's map that he showed his his boat man in the first episode this season as being, you know, corresponding to actual Earth geography. So oh, <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> yeah. So I think Philippines, South China Sea, somewhere in that region is is right.
2: So you're I telling just, me that they were living in the they were supposed to be simulating the west but it wasn't a dry heat and it was a humidity that would just take me out of the whole experience. It's not <laughs> a good that's that's not a good job of immersion, guys. Well,
0: <laughs> they might have built gigantic dehumidifiers. <laughs> <laughs> Probably actually cuz they would have to control those tropical rainstorms also. All right. So you guys got any final comments or predictions or uh anything else you want on the record as far as this episode goes.
2: I think I laid everything out there. I'm ready to power down. And uh, thanks for having me on. And my buddy. It's been my pleasure.
1: <laughs> um, I, I I don't want to go with prediction. But I, I did have a uh, realization. I guess you could say in this episode. That one of the things that has. I don't know if you want to say like changed. Transpired. whatever, However you want to word this. Is that the show went from kind of an even ensemble of sex. To where now the show's kind of a powerhouse trio of women. Oh, that's true. With uh, yeah, with Tessa, Evan, and Tandy, it's the guys have kind of like fallen by the wayside, and now it's kind of like a female powerhouse.
0: Well, we'll see what happens with Ed Harris next week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's showing up late either way. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's a that's a good point. I mean, it's a very modern. I mean, you've been to ATX enough to know that that's a concerted effort on the point of TV producers right now.
2: Cause that's been the topic basically the last two or three years.
1: I definitely think it's part of Lisa Joy's influence for sure.
2: I just realized that Aaron Paul has to once again deal with a bald man in his 50s that has sociopathic tendencies <laughs> on top of him being roped in and being traumatized and stuff. All right,
0: that leads to my final question for the episode okay. Will they come up with a reason for Caleb to turn to someone that he's just bested in
2: some fashion and, and say, Bitch! <laughs> <laughs> uh, part of me wants it, part of me thinks it would like take me out of it so much, but uh, either way, uh, Jesse Pinkman's always in the back of my head when I see <laughs> Aaron Paul. It's, it's, it's not fair, but that's just the way it is. I, I will put a prediction
1: on this, and I'm finally being wrong, but I will put it going... I never thought about this, but I will go with... Agreeing with Paul in the sense of like, they're not going to do a thing where he goes, bitch. He's going to do a thing where like someone's going to piss him off or someone's going to do something that like really wrongs him, and he's just going to do it really subtle. He's going to go like, bitch.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So change up on the
2: delivery. Yeah, all right.
1: So that way he says the line, but he doesn't sound like Jesse. All
2: right. Let me pitch a let me pitch a more subtle nod. What if at one point like they best someone using technology and he just goes, ah, fucking magnets. (laughs) <laughs> Remember the whole magnets thing?
1: I know. They, that, they we're brought we're it back up that, again Adam. in
2: uh, El Camino. Spoilers for El Camino. Oh, uh,
1: okay. <laughs> I was like, where did you pull that from?
0: Yeah. So I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. Are you guys up for any more co hosting should the need arise? Sure. Dude, come
1: on, man. We got a lot going on. We're really busy. There's a lot of so many of events. Premiered.
2: So there's, many cons happening.
1: Yeah, there's cons, some, there's, yeah, there's cons <laughs> and festivals to go to. There's screenings. I mean, we can try to squeeze you in, but you're asking a lot.
0: I know. <laughs> I know. Well, if I can get in your, your stacked agenda, that would be... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, any, anytime. All right. Well, this has been Paul with uh, Daily Review. This has been Mike with the Geekdom Fancast. Uh, this is Derek with the Geekdom Fancast. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks.